Let us continue our worship in word. We're going to be looking at John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And so two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, one the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to be here with, with you. As we know, Jesus is risen. Amen. Last week, we have celebrated Easter together in a new way. Though physically we couldn't meet, but surely we were together in spirit. And may we continue to stand firm with the power of resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I want us to meditate upon Easter again as we are to experience the power of resurrection daily, not just during the Easter time. We are to experience the power of resurrection every day. And as we revisit what happened on the Easter, may we learn who the risen Jesus is and how he is with us even today. As you can read the text, the Mary the Magdalene came with the two women, including Mary, the mother of James, and came to the tomb out of affection and grief for Jesus. As a matter of fact, if you read the entire chapter of John 20, you will clearly see that. But as they come out of affection and grief for Jesus without expecting the resurrection and discover that the tomb was empty with only the linen left there. And out of shock and desperation, she came back to the disciples and reported that somebody took the body of Christ. Again, none of Jesus' disciples knew that Jesus was risen. After the inspection by two of the disciples, we know it's Peter and John, they lost hope. And Mary, as we read today's text, Mary came back to the tomb and encountered the risen Jesus. What a powerful and emotional moment. As Jesus encountered Mary for the first time after resurrection, we can clearly and surely learn more about Jesus who he is, and how he deals with his people, including all of us here today. 
especially in this time of national crisis, may we focus or fix our eyes on Jesus and be encouraged and empowered to continue living a life full of purpose and meaning in Christ Jesus. Amen? Now, question is this, as we look into this text, how does Jesus deal with his people today? How does Jesus deal with us today? First, we can clearly see that Jesus meets where we are. Jesus meets where we are. Look at verse 14. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. And he asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? While Mary was crying in desperation and despair, Jesus appeared and approached her. Oh, how our Lord Jesus comes to meet us where we are. If you recall, we did not come to Jesus first. He came to us first and meet us where we were. Especially in the darkest hour, the moment of desperation and despair, Jesus comes and meets with us. And that's exactly what the risen Jesus does. He comes and meets where we are. Yet notice that the Mary was in despair and desperation. She felt alone and fear even after Jesus was there with her because she did not recognize and expect Jesus to be with her. What about you? What about us? Do you feel that you are alone? Are you scared? Especially such time as this, when crazy things are out there and we don't know where we are going. Do you feel alone? Do you feel scared? But my brothers and sisters, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, know that Jesus is with you. He comes and meets with you if you believe him. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's pursuing after us. That's our Lord Jesus. He meets us where we are. Second, Jesus teaches us about faith. Jesus teaches us about faith. Look at verse 15. Jesus asked Mary, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Isn't that kind of interesting here? The first thing that he said to Mary was not, It's me, Jesus. He asked questions. Right? Why are you crying? Very interesting. Why? Why does Jesus do this? Was he trying to play a game with Mary? Or was he trying to surprise her? Or was he displaying some kind of sarcasm? Or was he rebuking her unbelief? I actually heard some preachers talk about this. No, he was teaching Mary about faith. Look at verse 15. Thinking he was the gardener, he said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. As a matter of fact, she did not expect Jesus to be there. Not only Jesus, not Mary, if you look at verse 9, 
disciples, it says, disciples still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Nobody knew and expected the reason Jesus. Nobody believed that he had to rise from the dead. Who is it you are looking for? Wow, what a powerful question. Who is it you are looking for? I'm here. I'm risen. He does not play game with us when we struggle with our doubts, my brothers and sisters. He does not condemn us for our lack of faith. He does not ridicule us when we are not aware of his presence. But you know what he does? He teaches us as our Lord and Savior that he is with us. He is with us. Whatever the circumstances you are in, we are in right now. Whatever you are going through, what we are going through. Perhaps we are going through some kind of illness, physical illness, or financial crisis, or the relationship problems. I heard that these self-quarantine cause a lot of frictions and problems within the families because we're spending so much time together. Whatever the situation that you are in right now, activate your faith. And know that Jesus is teaching us about faith in our circumstances. Especially when we are going through hard times and difficult times and hardships and desperate times like this. Know that Jesus is teaching us about faith in Him. He is asking us, why are you afraid? Why are you crying? Perhaps, why do you worry? Jesus teaches us about faith in all circumstances. Thirdly, this is how Jesus deals with his people. Jesus knows us by name. Jesus knows us by name. Look at verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. But the powerful words is this. Jesus said to her, Mary. He calls us by name. He is Almighty God who controls the whole universe. Almighty God who holds everything that is happening in this universe. Yet, He is a personal God who created you, who who knew you by name. The Bible says that even before the creation, before we were born, or before even we were in mother's womb, He knew us by name and loved us. What a powerful truth that is. This whole world does not know us. We may seem individually very insignificant, but my brothers and sisters, God knows you by name. He knew you. He before he created you. That is why we can never underestimate the value of a person. God knows us by name. He loves us. He created created us. And he is our God. And he is calling each one of us by name. Look at Mary here. Mary finally realized when Jesus called her name, She knew right away when her name was called. This indicates her 
personal relationship with Jesus. She recognized his voice. He recognized the way that Jesus calls her name. Let me ask you this question at this juncture. Do you know that Jesus knows you, know you, that you knows you by name and calls you? Do you have the intimate relationship with him that you know and you hear his voice when he calls you? John chapter 10, verse 15 and 27 says this. Jesus said, I know my sheep and my sheep knows, know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. He's talking about the intimate relationship that we have as the people of Christ. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you have the intimate personal relationship with Almighty God that you hear your, His voice and you know Him. What a powerful truth. Do you know His voice when He calls you by name? when he calls you in the depth of your spirit? You might ask, what do you mean by hearing his voice, calling my name? My brothers and sisters, most of the time, he might not call us by name in audible voice, but he calls us through the word of God. He speaks to us so ever so powerfully, so closely when you seek his word. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commands. The, the Paul says, the faith consequently comes from hearing the message of Jesus. Because you know, my brothers and sisters, when you seek, your word, seek God's word faithfully, when you read the Bible and meditate upon it day and night, that you can indeed hear His voice calling your name. You can hear His voice encouraging you, guiding you, leading you. That is the power of His Word. I know very rarely some people, especially in the very uh, persecuted part of the world, People encounter Jesus by dreams or in dreams or even see visions and hear the audible voice of Jesus. Yes, I believe it happens. And maybe you have experienced that in your life, that he can do that as well. But most of the time, he doesn't have to appear to us all the time. You know why? He is already with us, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit resides within us, meaning the Spirit of Jesus is within us with us. He doesn't have to appear in front of us. And also, He already spoke to us all the words that we need to know. That's the Word of God. That is why when we, deal, when we seek His Word, when we read His Word, sincerely and humbly, the Holy Spirit within our hearts work through the word that you are reading and the powerfully yet gently yet personally God speaks to you 
and you can hear his voice. My brothers and sisters, I encourage you, therefore, seek him. Seek him more. Seek his word. Speak to him. You have the personal relationship with God. He knows us, and we know him if you are a believer of Jesus Christ. Hear his voice. You can hear his voice as you seek his word. And he is your Jesus. He is your God. Jesus knows us by name. Fourthly, this is how Jesus deals with us. Jesus focuses on the glory of God. Jesus focuses on the glory of God. Look at verse 17. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Obviously, Mary was trying to hold on to him out of amazement, excitement, and emotion. Jesus is risen. He's alive, as he promised. In that very emotional moment and powerful moment, Jesus kept his focus on the Father. Jesus kept his focus on the Father. Jesus is not rejecting Mary, but he is focusing on his own purpose. He was sent by God the Father to fulfill God's redemptive plan to bring salvation to the people for God's own glory. That was his purpose. And he never even in this very emotional moment and powerful moment, this is the very first time that Jesus is revealing himself to a person, to Mary, for the first time after resurrected from the dead. Yet he did not lose his focus on his purpose. Think about his purpose of being on the earth for a moment. Why did Jesus come? To this world. Did you know my brothers and sisters? Jesus did not come only to save people. He came to fulfill God's mission. Which was to save his people from the slavery of sin. I think a lot of times we are so uh, focused on ourselves. And from our perspective we see Jesus coming to earth. 2,000 years ago, die on the cross and rose again from the dead for us. Yes, he did. He died and rose again for us. But that's what we look, that's our perspective, isn't it? Because we are so self-focused. Oh, Jesus died for me. Jesus rose again for me. But did you know, my brothers and sisters, his very purpose to be sent to the world was to fulfill God's mission, the Father's mission, for Father's glory, to save Father's people. Consider crucifixion. Did Christ die for us or for God? Romans 3, verse 25 and 26 says this, God put Christ forward as a propitiation, propitiation, atoning sacrifice by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness 
because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Let me explain this verse to you. What this text teaches is this. Christ died as the ultimate sacrifice to vindicate the righteousness of God, appeasing God's holy wrath against sin, so that the forgiveness of our sin can be possible. This death for God is the foundation of His death for us. Christ died to appease God's wrath so that we can be forgiven. So let me ask again, did Christ only die for us or for God to appease God's wrath, to vindicate the righteousness of God? Now consider resurrection. Did Christ rise again for us only or for God? Clearly, Jesus resurrected to fulfill God's promise to save God's people. That was his mission. His mission was to glorify the Father by fulfilling God's word. And God promised the Savior, the Messiah. God promised that, that, that the Messiah will triumph over sin and death. And he resurrected to fulfill God's promise given from the very beginning of the time. Fulfilling God's promise and God's purpose to save God's people. I hope that you understand God's perspective on the purpose of Jesus being here with us. That's why Jesus said, because I live you shall live also. Jesus, first, Jesus came for God to fulfill God's redemptive plan to save us. That's what John chapter 3, verse 16, the famous, the gospel passage says this, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. So when Mary was about to hold on to him out of joy, out of emotion, Jesus focused on his purpose, on the Father, and said, Don't hold on to me, for I am for God's fulfillment. You are not the only reason that I am risen again. It is for God's glory as I fulfill his plan to save you. What a powerful, powerful words. That's why he said, don't hold on to me. Jesus focuses on the glory of God. My brothers and sisters, what about us? What do we focus on in your life as believer, as a people of God? So many times, so many of us are so self-focused, aren't we? 
It's all about me. It's all about us. Okay, it's all about my family. Okay, it's all about my church. It is not really about us, even our family, even our church. It's really all about Jesus. It's really about God fulfilling His promise in and through your life, my life, and God's people. That's why we are here, my brothers and sisters. If you have that godly perspective, your life will forever change. The way that you act, way that you speak, way that you perceive, way that you behave, everything should change as we revolve everything around what God is doing in our lives. It's not about us. It's about the Father. It is my prayer that all of us will start turn away, turn our eyes away from ourselves and fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, that we will continue to glorify our Father God as we live for Him every day in our lives, in our daily lives, whatever that we do, whether we eat or drink or sleep, whatever we do, that we will live for Christ for the glory of God. Amen? That is my prayer. And that's what Jesus wants. And that's what He deals with. That's how Jesus deals with us. He gives us example of focusing on the glory of God. Last but not least, Jesus sends all of us for His purpose which is to proclaim the kingdom of God. Proclaim the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. Proclaim the gospel. Proclaim the good news to the prisoners, prisoners of sin, to the blind, by sin and death, to the oppressed, to proclaim the ear of salvation. That's the purpose, isn't it? And Jesus sends us, sends all of us for His purpose, purpose, which to proclaim the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus said to Mary. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Jesus sent immediately married to the tell others about resurrection. Jesus just say, oh, stay with me and enjoy me forever. He says, no, you go. You encounter me, you saw me, you saw me risen from the dead, I'm resurrected, now go. Immediately, he says, go and tell my brothers. Go and tell the people. That's what he does, my brothers and sisters. Jesus came and met where we were. Jesus taught us about faith. Jesus really taught us that we must focus on God's glory as we are God's people called by His called by name. Now, He immediately sends us to proclaim the message, the good news. To the world. 
Interestingly, when Jesus sends, sends people, he does not discriminate. Let's think about who Mary the Magdalene was. She was a woman with past. Yet she had an honor to be the first one to encounter the risen, resurrected Jesus. What an honor, isn't it? She was the first person who saw Jesus after resurrection. Isn't this interesting to see that against the norm, Jesus encountered the message of resurrection to a woman who had no legal standing during the time as a witness. His, her words were not valid on the court during the time. Not anymore, but during the time. And this is how Jesus puts womanhood in a very special place, I believe. I know that some argues against Christianity, that Christianity is chauvinistic, is a sexist. But look at this account of Jesus, how he treats women. As a matter of fact, if you read the entire gospel and see how Jesus treats women, it's amazing. It's so against the norm of the time. He was, he was revolutionary. He was, he was totally different how he was sharing, how he was putting woman into a rightful place. So many people were stunned by how he was treating women, my brothers and sisters. Check out the gospel, really. And read through carefully how Jesus treated women. And you will learn that Jesus was never sexist. Jesus was never chauvinistic. He is merciful. He is loving and kind. And he does not discriminate because of your education, because of your gender, because of your Ability? No. Only person also Jesus mentioned on the cross in seven sayings of Jesus was Mary, the mother of Jesus, wasn't he? Wasn't she? As Jesus died on the cross, he was thinking about the mother and tell the disciple whom he loved, look, behold, your mother. Woman, behold your son. Jesus treats woman and puts womanhood in a very special place. And we as a Christians must learn that. Point is, Jesus does not discriminate whom he sends. Not only mere woman Mary was, she was a woman with past. We know she had the shameful past. She was known as wayward woman. But after she met Jesus, everything was different. He was forgiven, restored, and honored. I think about Mary the Magdalene, the character. Imagine how the people will introduce her in the very first church in the first century. Mary, who was the first person to encounter and see the resurrected Christ. 
I'm sure she was sharing that moment with so many people in the first church, encouraging and empowering all the Christians in the first century. Don't you think? I'm sure she was most desired, one of the most desired speakers, sharing her experience of encountering the resurrected Christ. What an honorable place that Jesus puts her, this woman that this whole world considered wayward, isolated, marginalized. Jesus used her, appointed her and used her to send the message to his people about his resurrection. What a powerful picture of Jesus sending his people to the world. Jesus does not discriminate in choosing the people to serve his purpose, my brothers and sisters. Jesus, therefore, is sending you, all of you. It does not matter what kind of past you had before, how you lived before. If you are in Christ, there is no more condemnation. You are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, the Bible says. You are forgiven. You are transformed. No longer we are under the power of sin. Yes, we still struggle with sin because of our weakness of our, our flesh in the presence of sin. But I'll tell you the power of sin we have overcome in Christ Jesus. You might be struggling day by day against sin and temptation. But take heart. If you are in Christ, He forgives you every day as you come in before Him. That's what the Bible says. He is faithful to forgive when you confess our sin. Come to Him every day. Confess to Him. Draw near to Him. He will forgive you. He will recreate you every day in a way. The resurrection power every day. And guess what? Now he is sending you out to share that power of Christ, transforming the lives of people, hearts of people. And that's the greatest miracle that you can and person can experience, the transformation of a heart. And he's sending you. When we come to Jesus, he forgives you. He restores you. He honors you, and He sends you for His purpose. He uses you for His purpose. That is why He saved us, my brothers and sisters. He just did not save us so that we can feel good about ourselves. No, that's not the only reason that He saved us. So that He can use us to fulfill His purpose in and through our lives so that with that process of our participation of his purpose he can change us transform us to be more like him so at the end we can share his glory with him that's the powerful truth the purpose of salvation is not just salvation from sin and death it's also for you to receive the glory of God, glory of Christ, 
as you participate his business his purpose he saved us so that we can participate in his kingdom work kingdom purpose what an honor isn't it no wonder Jesus said to us no longer I call you my servant I call you my friend because servant does not know the master's business but the friend knows he is calling us he saved us so that we can be a partner of his kingdom work his purpose so that in that process that we will become more like Christ and at the end we will share his glory we will we will receive his glory and reward what a powerful picture of salvation isn't it what a powerful picture of Christ redeeming his people restoring his people honoring his people rewarding his people what an honor he sends all of us for his purpose to proclaim the kingdom of God and that's how he deals with us my brothers and sisters and 2,000 years ago on this Easter day as Mary was encountering Jesus this is how Jesus deals with her and his people even today this is how Jesus deals with us he meets us where we are he teaches us about faith so that we are his people and as he is people he wants us to focus on the glory of God and sends us for his purpose to proclaim his mission to his kingdom what are we going to do what is our response as Jesus is calling us and Jesus is with us as Jesus is sending us it is my prayer that we respond to what Christ is doing in our lives it is my prayer that all of us we will trust and obey faithfully serving him honoring him believing in him and worshiping and adore him and exalt him as our God and Savior may the Lord our God shine his face upon you and bless you as you continue to live a life marked out by God for his purpose May the Lord bless you and honor you. Let's pray.